1.21 gigawatts. I'll say it again, 1.21 gigawatts. Some of you know that, some of you don't. It's the amount of electricity it takes to take a stainless steel DeLorean and make it go through time travel. If you're not familiar with the 80s movies Back to the Future, that was the amount that was required. And I say that today because I always feel when suddenly we come upon this scene in the Jordan of John baptizing, that we've done some kind of time travel. After all, we've spent the last number of weeks talking about two babies, a baby born to Zechariah and Elizabeth, John the Baptist, a baby who is the Son of God born to Mary and Joseph, Jesus. And then suddenly in one week we shift, and it's 30 years later, and we come to a scene where the two of them are together again. The scene is one of those that you could really paint out of any great novel. People are waiting. They're waiting for the Messiah to come. They have been waiting 600 years because that was the last prophet to ever speak that God had sent to his people. They had waited for a word from God for something to be said. And John has now appeared in the wilderness, exhorting the people, a picture to them, of one who long ago told Israel the word of the Lord, Elijah. You know, it's estimated that over 250 to 500,000 people came out to that wilderness to be baptized by John. So it's no wonder that they asked him, are you the Messiah? But John responds. Responds and says, I can only baptize you with water. But the one who is coming, the one you are looking for, the true Messiah, he will baptize. He will pour out his Holy Spirit on you. And so the scene is one of like worlds colliding, the Old Testament world whom John represents as the last prophet of God to speak his word. And Jesus, who is the bringer of the new covenant, God incarnate in the flesh, come together in this incredible moment. And Jesus is baptized. And a voice comes from heaven and says, this is my son whom I love. And the Holy Spirit descends in what looks like the form of a dove. A dove. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard some of the names for gatherings of different things, birds, for instance, but it's always interesting to look at some of those things. For instance, a group of ravens is known as a conspiracy. A group of crows is known as a murder of crows. Hummingbirds are known as a charm. Eagles, a convocation. And someone told me, I don't know, if it's true, that a group of doves is known as an exaltation. It seems like a very fitting word, doesn't it, in this moment, as this dove descends upon Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the exaltation. It reminds us of the importance of baptism, of Jesus and of ours. You know, Scripture doesn't say that everyone saw the Holy Spirit descend in the form of a dove, but it does let us know who did, in fact. John the Baptist saw this, and in the Gospel of John, this is what he testifies. Then John gave this testimony. 
I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him. But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. You see, for Jesus, unknown to the world before this moment, this marks the beginning of his ministry years. It identifies him to John. It identifies him to the disciples that he will call as the Son of God, as that chosen Messiah. But it also does something else for Jesus. It seals his future. It seals his future in terms of the cross. Because as we say, our baptism is for the forgiveness of sins, and only the cross could accomplish this in the waters of our baptism to take away our sin forever. You see, I say that because I think it's important for us to remember that Jesus looked like anybody else coming to John. And part of what's going on here is an identification process. Jesus appeared in what Paul describes in Philippians in humility, that he had emptied himself of who he was, of being eternal God. That he's living like you and I, anyone else, living by the scriptures, living by faith in what God had written there. And he, knowing the future and what it says about Messiah, that suffering servant, also needs reassurance to know that this is indeed the plan, the plan of salvation for you and for me. And so that voice from heaven that says, this is my son whom I love, in him I am well pleased, is the reassurance that God is saying, yes, you are the one to redeem the world. Yes, this is the plan of salvation. It gives Jesus that identity before the world that they needed to know what he had come to do. But baptism is also something, our baptism, that gives to us a new identity, an identity of love and freedom. There's a French novel written about the time of World War II, about two men in the trenches of that war who became friends, unlikely friends. One was a scoundrel. His name was Dominic. He had a sordid past. Authorities wanted him. He escaped prison by joining the army in order to fight. Another was the name of Jacques a good man, a family man, who had joined out of duty for his country. And the two of them in the novel become friends. Well, at one point, Jacques is mortally wounded and he has only moments left to live. And he says this to his friend, Dominic. Listen, Dominic, you've lived a very bad life. Everywhere you are wanted by the police. But there are no convictions against me. My name is clear. So here, take my wallet, take my papers, take my identity, take my good name, my life, and quickly hand me your papers that I may carry all your crimes away with me in death. You know, baptism, our baptism, does that very same thing for us. For we are given a new name in our baptism. 
the name of Jesus. It replaces our past. It replaces our heritage. It replaces who we are and gives to us the name that is above all names. In our baptism from that moment on and throughout our life, the Father sees us and identifies us with his only Son in whom he is well pleased. He sees us as new. He sees us as whole. He sees us as that Son whom he loves. That's what Paul is talking about today in our epistle lesson. As he's telling us that we need to remember that our past in Jesus Christ in the waters of our baptism is gone forever. And he says those words in verse 11 in the same way. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's a great word that he uses, that word count. It's a Greek word that is logizomai, and it's a counting word, a word that's used in numbers and in facts, and it deals with facts. It deals with numbers in, in the place of saying that one plus one is always two. It's a sure thing is what it means. It literally means it is what it is. So what Paul is saying there, it is what it is. You are dead. This is a fact because of baptism. And you are alive in Christ because of baptism. It's not something that can be discussed or moved or a what if. It's a fact of numbers and known. It's done. Jesus paid the price. The accounting ledger is done. What a celebration that is for us today as we remember our baptism. Remember that we are dead to sin and alive in Jesus Christ with a new name and a new life and hope placed into us. And you know, so often I think that as we look at the scriptures, we can miss many of those references that tell us what we are, what God has done for us in our baptism. We can see all the ones that use that word literally baptized. But there are other references that are used in many places. And it's interesting, even in some denominations, some of the rites of baptism use some of those words that are drawn from other areas. For instance, one denomination uses these words in baptism also. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. We see that word in the scripture sealed. It's referencing our baptism of that Holy Spirit being given to us. It's a picture we see in Revelation when that number is called out, the 144,000, which represents all eternity, all those who are in belief and believe in the Messiah to come and the Messiah who has come, that they are sealed And that references their baptism, sealed in Jesus Christ, and are before the Lamb. We see the word washed in the scriptures everywhere, in reference again to our baptism. 1 Corinthians says this, But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the Spirit of our God. Paul's talking about our baptism. That that's what took place. Hebrews tells us, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Baptism is what the writer is talking about. 
our consciences made clear, our bodies washed, that we stand before God holy and pure. And then that picture that we have in Revelation where John is asked, who are these that stand before the throne? And he replies, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Baptized. We stand before the throne of God to give him glory and praise because of our baptism. Washed clean in the blood of Jesus Christ. This is what we celebrate, that no matter what happens in our life, no matter how the world would identify us and see us, no matter what depth of our failure or our sin in our baptism, Jesus has given to us powerful gifts. Powerful gifts that wash away our sin, that change our identity, and that seal us for eternity in Him forever. Baptism also brings us into a new family, a family of believers, a family that prays with us, a family that nurtures us, a family that comes around to share the word of God, a family that cries with us in our need and comforts us, and a family that rejoices with us. This is what the gift of baptism is to each one of us, and this is what we celebrate today. But more than that, very much like that movie, Back to the Future, we get a do-over every day. We get to go back and start again because baptism makes us anew. We rise in that newness every day. The slate clean, sins gone, wiped away, forgotten. And each day is a new day of hope. Each day is a new day of life that we can start again. Because we are redeemed by Jesus, who in his baptism took away forever the sins of the world and made the water that we receive pure and holy. That baptism that creates in us that faith to cling to the promises of God and gives us the Holy Spirit. What an incredible gift it is that we celebrate today. May we return again and again to that gift in our lives. Whenever there are doubts, whenever there are fears, whenever we wonder, can I truly be loved? We need to remember we are baptized, sealed in the Holy Spirit, washed in the blood of Jesus, redeemed. And we will stand before his throne because of this incredible gift. Amen.